Hello, everyone. Welcome to 2023. And also, thank you for returning to Spawn Camp Podcast. Here, we chat about all things positive in games and media, and we collect friends and professionals alike to kind of discuss all the things that we love about those things. I am your host this week, Tony. I am living and working in London as a designer, and I'm also joined by Trinity over in Chicago, and she is part of the HR my company but also more importantly a huge gamer and has a huge backlog of game networking that she doesn't get to tap into that much so i'm glad she can share that passion here when normally her professional capacity doesn't enable that as much yeah i guess we're officially at the point where i can introduce myself as a gamer and the wildest background that i have of only video gamers as my professional network which i have to say so worthless when you're trying to get into hr i had absolutely no valuable <laughs> connections after college it was well i know someone that can program a game does that help me nope not at all this is the year of capitalizing on those connections i will <laughs> be be forcing you to contact those people so we can hear about their stories and get them interested oh, in fantastic. chatting and interviewing our <laughs> oh yes please and trinity has brought the topic for this week which i will share now which is kind of how people interact through games and communication online primarily like how strangers can interact and i'm kind of going to bring an angle of like I haven't been able to do that as much, but a lot of the friends that I still keep up with, I primarily only interact digitally. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff to break down and chat about there. But before we do that, it has been a long holiday season and we have gotten quite rusty. So I would love to know what you have gotten up to and whether you would like to share or not share your experiences in Iowa. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) What is there to say about Iowa? Well, actually, there was something very exciting. I got to meet an alpaca, a number, a pack of alpacas, and a man who owned the pack of alpacas in Iowa. It made no sense. I don't know why they were there. But it's kind of like a, a farm that only advertises on Facebook. And so you can go visit these alpacas and feed them little treats out of tiny solo cups. And they are so soft and so funny. <laughs> So they know that they're cute and so they try to kind of like use it to their advantage and this man he just looks over at us and apparently it was a it was a slow day at the alpaca farm so we were just like feeding the heck out of these alpacas and the owner just looks at us and goes so do you have any more questions about alpacas and i was like sir just it's clear you want to tell us about your alpacas you don't we don't need to ask any questions you just go for it so i'm just like throwing any question i can possibly think of to this guy and then like 20 minutes go by and I turn around. I'm alone. There's all my friends have left. They are at the gift shop. I, it's just me and this man talking alpaca shop. And he's teaching me how to wrangle an alpaca, which funny enough, you just grab them. You grab them around the neck and then you just kind of hug them real close. And <laughs> you then just you just Yeah, you could just walk around with them. And he was like, yeah, you do this. And he was like, yeah, they, they, they kind of know and they don't trust me. They, they, they see me doing it and they, they get a little side eye and they kind of prance away. And he taught me this and I had to take a moment and pause because the intrusive thoughts were like way strong. And I just looked at him and said, sir, you just taught me how to wrangle an alpaca. I need your, it sounds like you're allowing me to try to wrangle an alpaca, (laughs) but um, is that true? And if so, can you please give me explicit permission to try to wrangle an alpaca? (laughs) I need consent Oh yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So you just have to like whip an arm out and try to catch one. And I, I don't know, I wasn't prepped. 
I went with my left arm. I'm stronger with my right arm. Like that's clear. My right arm's clearly my alpaca wrangling arm. And Della is also one of the quickest, smartest, <laughs> strongest alpacas. So I didn't ca- I didn't wrangle an alpaca, but a man let me attempt to wrangle an alpaca. And I still think that's the wildest thing that's ever happened to me. That advice reminds me of a, a TikTok reel that my that Jess has been really enjoying. Jess, my wife. It's it's a person who's like, I'm going to teach you how to do a really good duck call. And they put their hands over their mouth and they say, come here, duck. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. I'm sure they're coming to this. Here's how you wrangle an alpaca. You just grab them. You're like, all right, yeah, fair enough. You just enough. grab them. You just go for it. <laughs> Apparently, you you really should be doing it like more in a corner, like open field, much more difficult to wrangle alpacas. This man talked to me for a very long time about alpacas. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're really good at becoming friends with strangers. Yes, I think so. You know, I just <laughs> wrangled my way onto this podcast and then you just can't get rid of me. So I guess that's how that worked too. <laughs> no, you're, you're the reason we still have anything to talk about. I, I, I ran out of ideas a long time ago. But I wanted to share briefly what I have been getting up to as well. Over the Christmas break and the past few months, I've kind of been juggling a handful of different games, which is bad because it means that I don't finish any of them. So I kind of committed to finishing one of the big ones, which is Returnal. It is one of the few PS5-only games that exists, which is a funny thing in its own right because, yeah, it's a console that's been out for, you know, uh, over two years now, three years now, and... A lot of the games on it are either PS4 and PS5, multi-platform, up ports from PS4, or a lot of the exclusives then become PC games as well. So one of the few PS5-only games, Returnal, from the now PlayStation Studio housemark is quite good. I got into it because it came free with the tier of PlayStation Plus that I'm on, which is PlayStation Extra, so that's always a bonus. Incentive is it's free, so, you know, why not jump in? But I'm a huge fan of Rogue Lights. I enjoy the game loop of when you try something, fail, but get a little bit better, whether it's the knowledge that you have or the skills that it enables you to unlock. There were some aspects of Returnal that I do have some nitpicks about as far as, like, the story itself is extremely obtuse, very vague, nonsensical, and ultimately kind of unfulfilling. And that is a frustrating thing when the main thing that you're pushing for towards getting to the end of the game is, like, figuring out what this is all about. Like, what is the point of all these things that I'm doing? And the kind of unrewarding conclusion at the end, which I don't think is a spoiler, is it's ultimately kind of anticlimactic. I spent a long time trying to beat the game. It has a weird difficulty imbalance of, for those who are familiar with like Dark Souls kind of games, there's a lot of bosses in those games, primarily just boss-focused gameplay, and all of them are extremely difficult. This game has the inverted problem of very easy bosses at least in my opinion i think there was only one that i had to attempt more than once there's six bosses in the game and i beat essentially all of them on the first try but a lot of the normal enemies in the game would absolutely wreck shop with me and you have a little kind of encyclopedia you can reference of like you know what is this enemy's information how many times have i met them how many times have they completely ruined my run and there'll be times where it's like you've met this enemy five times they've ruined your run three times and i'm like okay so they're too hard like it shouldn't be that if you encounter this enemy you're guaranteed dead you know that's like the i feel like when you see a giant enemy you expect it to be the super strong one and the one that's gonna just like stomp on you and then you see a small enemy and you're like okay it's a goomba i can jump on it i'll be fine 
and that would be very funny if the game truly intentionally went well yeah we you think it's a boss. we never told you this was a boss though um this is just a guy but trying to get to it like oh good luck all of these little minions and ads that you think oh they're terrible <laughs> there's a lot of really cool stuff that i'd love to mention that is actually positive stuff like um the dual sense controller is really well utilized with conveying important information like your gun secondary reload will ping the sound through the remote so that you can actually hear when that happens and that's really vital important stuff to know in the moment when you go into the menu your character is wearing a spacesuit and has a fully covered head so the helmet when you go into the menu the camera pulls into the helmet and the audio changes to be like a muffled rain kind of pattering on the helmet screen and you feel it and hear it through the controller and it's very convincing. It's a, just a really cool kind of way to pull you in that's subtle, but also really, really engaging. There's a ton of cool stuff like that that are positives that I would love to bring up about the game. But That is fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that did pull me out of it, like the overall story, the fact that some of the enemies are far and away harder than any of the bosses in the game, even combined, that it kind of pulls away from the overall experience, but... Uh, yeah, if you like roguelites at all and have a PS5, then this is definitely one to, to check into if you <laughs> oh, haven't already. Oh, shoot, having a PS5. Oh, right. That's a that's a very easy. <laughs> it's becoming much simpler. Winding there's it been, over. <laughs> there's been 30 million that have gotten out into the world, sold through to consumers. And so far this year, there seems to be ones that actually exist on store shelves. So if you have the money and capacity, they exist out in the world currently. So it is slightly easier to obtain them now okay 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 and a desire <laughs> <laughs> well that's fun i i will probably unfortunately never play that unless it goes on to pc because i don't oh, it's, know it's it's coming to pc if not already on pc oh okay well fantastic i um i gotta work through a little bit of a backlog on my single player games i finally have spider-man remastered downloaded and Oh, I cannot wait. I'm very, very much looking forward to playing through all of that on the computer. And then I've been playing an upsetting amount of World of Warcraft, which actually inspired this topic for me a little bit because I went through... Well, b- before before you get started, I think yeah. this, is the, this is the topic. So let me, let me preface this oh, here. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> I want you to be able to, to share this kind of stuff. And I just want to jump in a little bit of where, where I'm at with this topic. We can kind of, we can kind of explore it because... I moved from the States to London uh, six or seven years ago now, and a lot of my friends, we've kept up since then, but a lot of the ways that we actually interact is through online gaming. And so one of our primary communication methods is like playing Overwatch together or like jumping into a, a party and just like watching each other play games through like SharePlay or something like that. But that's how I communicate and keep up with a lot of the people that I know in real life without being able to interact with them physically in real life. It's this digital means. And so I've not really interacted or had the exposure that you're talking about that I would love to know more about of the like meeting strangers online, forming these deep connections, and then, you know, potentially even meeting them for real, which currently you and I are like that. We've never met in person yet. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We were like two ships in the night when it came to seeing each other in <laughs> Belfast. We were so close. I, oh man, I ran out of I time, but I, I cannot tell you how <laughs> how close I was to creating an entire scavenger hunt that like started with like a secret a sealed envelope that you were delivered when you arrived in Belfast. 
<laughs> I just throw it straight into the trash. You're like, how'd you like my treasure hunt? And I'm like, I uh, do it not was have great. Time for this. <laughs> Did you find the gold? <laughs> Well, I I really like talking about how people communicate in games because especially after the pandemic and huge life transitions like moving overseas and not being physically near all your friends. And I think as we age, our friends distribute more and more and they are around the globe in different ways. So I kind of remember back to local couch play. And communication was just screaming at the person next to you to stop screen cheating. <laughs> you tie a sheet to the to the yes, screen. Yes, yeah. Like I've seen some of the ridiculous ones of people having like cardboard like taped yep. to it in different ways. And and again, like land parties, I feel like it might have been the most like um, it needing to communicate with other people or uh, yelling at other people during that couch play. But then when. A lot of these games kind of our, our current gaming environment is so much more focused on individual person, individual computer. And they I think a lot of the games tried to in between Discord becoming super popular besides TeamSpeak, TeamChat. Yeah, TeamSpeak. TeamSpeak, TeamSpeak Skype, was a huge like one, that. Skype, Zoom, like all of these other tools were still kind of trying to figure out their place in gaming communication. There's a lot of really interesting ways that player to player communication has shown up in all sorts of games. I think that one extreme of that is what I just got to do, which was I'm still, again, playing World of Warcraft, a classic. I'm so sorry. Wrath of the Lich King. Thank you. I need it. You have my condolences. <laughs> and so I've gotten to the point where we're doing raids. And for those who don't know, raids involve anywhere from 10 to 25 people right now in the portion where it is. But I think there's some that are like 40 man, 100 man, if you've ever heard Leroy Jenkins. That's where raids come from. It requires a lot of coordination. You need to, everyone has a very specific role. It's a lot of teamwork. It's a lot of teamwork. So they take multiple hours to complete. Yeah, multiple hours. Like some are really short and you can just run through and just like smack stuff and that's it. Like there's no coordination. You just run. But one of them is called Naxxramas and it takes through two to three, four hours to complete. Probably two to three hours to complete. And I did this for the first time and you can't just do it by yourself there's like 30 different mechanics that you need to know for every single battle that you're doing and i am just so anxious and panicking and then we get sent this discord link and i jump into this discord with people that i don't know and they're all just expecting me to know how to play this game that i've been playing for three months and i clearly don't know what i'm doing still (laughs) and it just made me think of Wow, this is crazy. Like, it is crazy that I am in this environment right now talking to a bunch of other people on Discord, and we are all, we just found each other through another form of player-to-player communication, um, like a group finder or a, uh, like, direct messages in the game, basically. So it's fascinating to me how something like WoW has such a, just a free-for-all when it comes to communication, but then other people kind of supplement that with Discord as their main way of kind of working together and having voice communications. Uh, and it started making me think of what are the other ways that players communicate with each, other's in, in each other in games. Another game that we've talked about, Marvel Snap. Tony, do you, how, do you, how often do you communicate with your opponent in Marvel Snap? So I'm going to give you an answer and then I'm going to talk about one that I think is more is more helpful. Um, I, I do not use the communication functions often in Snap. And I think that they've included them kind of as a, an afterthought in a way that you have the option to either pick like a pre-assigned text box kind of thing where it's like, hello, or I'm losing all of these different things that are just kind of meant to enable you to interact in some way with this person that you hope isn't just a robot. 
And then they also have these small little illustrated stickers, which I only use the one that's from the Spider-Man meme of all the Spider-Men pointing at each other. Yes, that's the only one you need. <laughs> For whenever like my, my opponent and I play the same card or at yes, the same time. when you play the same card at the same time, you point. That's all you need. That is the only necessary part of that the player-to-player communication. Because I agree, the rest of it just kind of feels like it's thrown in. And the only time that I will have an opponent that's trying to like send me messages or communicate with me is... Is just to be annoying or just to go, ah, you suck. And I'm like, I hate this. Like, can we both just get excited when we play the same card? And then the rest of the time, I never want to hear from my opponent because it's not meaningful in any way. So it makes me think of another game that that game creator, Ben Broad, worked on prior to this, which is also related to Blizzard, who does World of Warcraft. They have a card game called Hearthstone, and that has a ton of different interaction that is purely voice line oriented. But every hero that you pick among nine, I think now 10 or 11 different classes, has a pre-recorded voice line that you can choose that will vary depending on the opponent that you're matched with. So the lore of the World of Warcraft universe might tie into it or the actual thing that they're responding to. So you have like five pre-arranged ones of like, this person messed up or like, I'm going to chuckle at something or like, I'm definitely going to win. Like you can taunt your opponent, depending on the hero portrait that you've picked, there'll be a completely different voice line. And one of the heroes that you can do, which is a paladin hero is called a Noyotron. And every voice line is the same voice line. And it's intended purely and specifically to annoy your opponent because he is a Noyotron. Um, So there's an important mechanic in the game called squelch where you can just click on your enemy and mute them. Yes, very important. It's not mute as in like they are physically speaking. It's just they have the option to these different voice lines as well. So you can prevent them from doing that. So I think it's important and interesting for games to enable you to be able to communicate in even some capacity with your opponents, but also important to allow you to say no to that. Yes. And it makes perfect sense why why game companies or developers would be creating a communication system that has very limited ways of kind of interacting. Otherwise, we can go all the way back to Club Penguin and immediately get into <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you didn't get kicked off a of Club Penguin at least once, like, were you ever on Club Penguin? Because it, I think it just, it tried so hard to go, well, yeah, wouldn't this be awesome? Wouldn't it be so cool if people could communicate with each other and interact in this real online world and then of course it immediately turned into just garbage (laughs) and i get it like i get why companies do this and i think some do it more successfully than others you know the the small just kind of the way that marvel snap is right now again it's a newer game it just kind of feels like it's there it exists but mm, why i think games that do it really well and it's kind of a core of the game is I think it's really fun when people try to do the proximity chat. I've seen really exciting stuff with proximity chat in Call of Duty Warzone as well. Yeah, where it's like yes. the the closer you are to another player, it can like kind of establish a range at which you can actually hear them and it can lead to a lot of really interesting interactions and mechanics where it's like if you physically as a person are making noise on your microphone and you're playing a game or a situation where stealth is a key component or like being intimidating is a key component then people that are around you or that hear you can either capitalize or be deterred from those kind of interactions and it's a kind of 
realistic way to approach that that I think is really interesting. Oh, I love that. I didn't know about that. I know the shoot what was the other game that i was thinking of phasmophobia has like its own in ground kind of like chat system that you kind of have to use because you're interacting and speaking to a ghost most of the time in the game and so being able to have the proximity it also kind of adds to the ambiance of it and how spooky it is i don't play it i can't i've i've um had a friend that's been wanting me to play for ages and every time i tell him if we can play starting in the middle of the day then sure, I'll learn how to play. But until until that happens, I, I will not start playing a ghost game at night. I'm just going to get very scared very easily. But I, I think that it's still kind of risky because then you have to open you as like a, a game developer, open yourself up to everything that comes with like voice chat in your own game and the way that kind of players interact with each other. And if they're treating each other well with kindness, like what's the community? The community can turn incredibly positive and incredibly toxic so much faster with that type of ability. So that reminds me of yet another Blizzard thing. Um, I think they've been in this space for a long time. (laughs) But there was a adjustment that they made on the translation between their Overwatch 1 game platform kind of game as service sort of thing and transforming that into this newer overwatch 2 version and it for new players or for a lot of returning players they added an extra step of like registering your character or your account is that you have to add a physical phone number to tie to your account so that there's like stakes if you are abusive and then there's also a policy that they put in of like all in-game voice chat is recorded and analyzed for abusive chat for uh, hate speech that kind of thing and it's a fine line which i can recognize of like is this too far and i'm like no it's worth it like i am super fine if like my experience is even slightly better from the horrible toxic stuff that can happen if some dickhead is having to be exposed to surprise surprise the consequences of his actions like i just don't think it's too much of a trade-off didn't they get rid of that though because of like accessibility with phones or do they still have it is there like another way to kind of opt in and out now there's a there's a few different levels of it but there's primarily a kind of push to link a phone number and then superseding that is the recorded conversation kind of thing Got of like it. Okay. as you go into any voice chat there's like the capacity for it to be logged and reviewed and if someone's like hey this person said like a million times during our game they can be like okay let's pull the voice recording it's like yep this one player said that a bunch of times so we're banning them it's so it's interesting i wonder if more companies with the kind of prevalence of discord and the fact that most play like most groups that i know they have their own discords and their own ways of communicating outside of the game itself i wonder if that is gonna kind of put less desire on companies to try to develop more voice chat and monitoring all of voice chat things or player communications and keeping it more limited because they know that these groups or people that are playing can more easily use other systems for that connection and they don't have the liability with that anymore either. So I want to try to provide an example that's also really positive that comes to mind that I myself haven't personally experienced, but I've seen recorded a lot online is the platform of VR chat which you can kind of pick an avatar for yourself and then interact in the 3D space through your VR set with a lot of other strangers that are like in these kind of 
it's it's the physical representation of like a chat room and it's like i can be kermit the frog and talk to donald duck and we can have like a conversation and it might be like i'm in illinois and this person's in australia or something and we're just like in the same air quotes room and having a conversation and i've seen some really wonderful explorations of that of people just having these like heartfelt chats with someone they don't know about stuff that they don't normally feel comfortable enough to talk about because they've been able to kind of open up in this space with someone that you know it's a lower stakes so i think that there's a lot of positivity that can come from that that i hope isn't shut down from the fear of abusive chat yeah which is a problem abusive chat is absolutely a problem but i don't want us to like forsake the opportunity for positive chat as well um then I guess uh, the there's a complete other flip side of this when games don't intend players to communicate, but they find a way anyway. <laughs> My favorite one being, I think, when you used to be able to go online for me lobbies for the Wii and people would use their like their me face design and like draw custom things on the face in order to communicate with people or uh splatoon people would what shoot things onto the wall that would spell out different words they also have these kind of chat bubbles that you can create and then draw on so where i think the intention was like you could write like poop or something (laughs) people could do these really highly detailed drawings or like faces or portraiture to a much deeper level of detail than i think they ever imagined someone would use that system for Amazing. And one of my other kind of favorite ways that games have been able to incorporate some amount of communication or expression without maybe having to branch into all of either everything that we've just discussed is the prevalence of dance moves in games. There's apparently <laughs> Fortnite, I think, was the the really the jumping off point of all of this. But I enjoy playing Fall Guys with some of my friends and Um, I'm very adamant around player customization that we look like a team. We're a team. We're going to look like it. So we all have the exact same (laughs) outfits. Like you can have one little accessory for your own character so you know which one's yours. But otherwise, we have the same colors. We have the same like patterns. And every single time I'm like, look at that. Look how how clean we look. Look how polished we look. Like and everyone else, everyone else sees that every single time. And they're like, look at that. They're all together. And then I love having the little dance moves and emojis that we can have with it too. (laughs) I haven't played Fall Guys in years. I'd love to play with you. We should. It's such a good time. You can do squads now, so you can just play team games with like four people as a squad. It's so much better. I want to navigate my dumb little bean into a pit as fast as possible. Yes. (laughs) No, yeah, emotes, dance moves, all these kind of things have been really integral to people being able to express themselves in games. And I'm glad you bring that up because I do think it's really key and important and the way that it kind of plays off of real life too, you know, not that like it's a scene that I'm a part of because it's like kids and Fortnite, but the way that the dances in the game become dances they do in real life and then work their way back into the game is fascinating and has become this kind of cultural touchstone. Like these Fortnite dances and the way that those are used as a shorthand for interaction and communication has jumped back and forth between reality and the game so many times. It's like the the most disruptive game of telephone possible. I think like the to take this to real life again, like you just mentioned, I I was not on well, we had dial-up for several, several years, and our internet capabilities were such that I would bring a book to check my email on a regular basis, and I don't think I even had anywhere towards usable internet until I was in college and had moved out, and then I 
eventually at some point I think my parents got some sort of <laughs> faster Wi-Fi, but um, it means that most of my gaming experience was really local couch play, and then I didn't quite have as many online communities that I was playing games with, and then the pandemic happened, and I just sat there and watched people attempt a parallel park, and that was the most exciting thing that happened in my day as I sit in my window and watch people <laughs> Hey, don't laugh. I was going to ask, hard. is it videos or is it real life people? No, it was, like- no it was just me sit, sitting in my literal front window, my bay window, and just watching this person try to parallel park for like 20 minutes. And like, I just, that's one of my core memories of pandemic like isolation. And meanwhile, my husband had like all of these friends that he was online with and like playing these games. And I just remember being the most grumpy I've ever been. And I was like, what is this? League of Legends? I'm learning how to play it. I don't even care if I hate it. I'm learning no, how to no, play no, it. No, 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 no. That's, yes, that's I did terrible. That. I, I'm I so sorry. That's terrible. So I learned. <laughs> Thank you. So I learned. That's that's self-abuse, Trinity. <laughs> I was so bored and so sad and I needed to do something and watching movies with my friends while drinking True Leaves was not a healthy life choice. So I... Um, hopped on and I learned how to play team fight tactics and I had never really played any League of Legends games ever. And so every so often team fight tactics would pop up a little thing going, are you having fun? We'd like your feedback. And every single time it was only like five questions. And I was like, they're not asking the questions that I want to answer. I am not having fun. I am forced in this situation. Here are all the things that are wrong with your game and the onboarding experience for a new player that has never engaged in this um, franchise before. They never let me say it. But so anyway, I suffered through it. I learned team fight tactics. I learned Dead by Daylight. I learned a couple of other games. And then suddenly I had a full community of people that I could play games with every single night and could joke around with and people that I've known, I've seen in person, like they, they're all distributed, but I would kind of consider them more to be my husband's friend at the time. And now two, three years later, I don't know, I feel so welcome. I feel like I have a true community that I can play games with on a regular basis. I feel like I genuinely enjoy playing a lot of these games with them. It's always, it's great because you can hop on just to chat, you can hop on to play a game or you can hop on just to say hi or you can do I don't know like someone walks home from the climbing gym and hops on all the time and says hi like there's just it feels so good that I get to have that type of community and even though it's mostly people that I know there's some that I had never met before and it was a wild experience meeting a set of twins for the first time basically in my front driveway because they live they're local and i had no idea and they needed like they needed to borrow like a sleeping mat because the one guy the one brother moved the other brother was coming to visit he didn't have any furniture and i was like well i live three blocks away from you apparently would you like to use one of our sleeping mats and so then meeting people that i've only heard their voices and seeing duplicates of each other (laughs) in front of me (laughs) for the very first time i was like this is wild this is so cool that i like have a true relationship with both of these individuals and now I see, like, as friends, and now I'm, like, meeting you in person for the first time. You found your own island of misfit toys, and you realized that you weren't so misfit after all. <laughs> I, I do, I do want to start wrapping up, but there's one more example I think that's really poignant that I would preface by saying, if you have not played Journey, this will contain Journey spoilers. <laughs> yes, we have to talk about Journey. This is probably the deepest, simplest version of like how to communicate with someone else. Because an aspect of Journey that is very hidden from a lot of people until the very end is that there will be times that you meet other kind of wanderers in this game. You're just this tiny little character with a flowing robe navigating a vast desert into a deep uh, ocean kind of territory and then up a snowy mountain. And often you will encounter other 
wanderers and travelers. And if you are so lucky, you may be along the ride with another traveler the entire time. And they can just press a button, and you can press a button, and you both ping this little sound to kind of alert them to be like, hey, look over here, you should do this thing. And that's kind of the extent of your communication. And it's not till the very end of the game and the experience, and you're like looking through the credits, that it will show you the real other gamers with their like gamer tag or, or their handle that you have been interacting with and playing with. And so that's this kind of grand reveal that like you've been making this journey, this pilgrimage along this whole time with another real person. And I find that like deeply comforting and just it it has so much value that you take away from it at the end where you're like, you know, I wasn't alone. I was there was someone there for me, even if I didn't know it, you know. I know I said this to Angel, but I will say it again, because I can't believe that this game somehow didn't get spoiled for me. And I played it for the first time four or five months ago. I started playing kind of late. I was having a lot of fun with it. But occasionally I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll stop and I'll go to bed. Like, I can pick this up. Um, Didn't know that you should probably do it in one run. (laughs) Thankfully, I didn't. I did it all in one run. I made it to the, the mountain, which is... Oh, gosh, I was like, this is so sad. This is so like, this is a, just a very emotional game to begin with. And then I made it to the very end. And I saw the player thing. I was sobbing. I was like, that was a real person. <laughs> and I was like, looking it up. I'm like, there's no way. How did this happen? I thought it was a bot. Like, I thought I just had like, that was part of the game. And then I started reading into some of the forums of here's all of the magical ways that you can communicate with people and figure out if they're a new player or you can like try to like teach them things. And the game, it only has the one button, you know, it has like the little like beautiful like chime, uh, tuning yeah. fork chime noise and that's it. And you can do that back and forth. And I I truly thought that <laughs> it was a bot. And every time I pressed it, I thought they would press it. And so I was like, oh, look how cute this is. Isn't this fun? And then I just like looking at the community, I think Journey is such a perfect example of this because they want the game was made so that you have such limited communications that you don't even know that you're communicating with another player. And then the community itself has now created it into a journey is a beautiful place and we want to teach people and make friends and that doesn't always require having to talk to them. We can just spend time together. And I'm like, oh no, it's too much for me to handle. <laughs> I want to revisit this, especially like I want to I want to make my own internet stranger friends that I can communicate with. I think part of what's holding me back is I just don't play a lot of online MMO kind of games. And that's like the breeding ground for this kind of truly communication because it's necessary. But yeah, I, I look forward to crossing that bridge. And ultimately, like you exist as an internet friend for me. So maybe one day we can actually meet in person. Yes. Yes. We'll play Fall Guys. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I it's really lots like of, that. It's yeah. lots of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long Mostly as it's <laughs> less stressed than Overcooked, then I'm okay. Oh, my gosh. I Okay. The last thing I'll say. <laughs> Whenever people recommend Overcooked to new players, I don't get it. Because Overcooked is one of the most challenging, frustrating, infuriating games that exist. And my husband and I, when we play it together, we're not happy. We're not having a good time. We are just both going, we will do better. And then we just keep doing it until we oh, get yeah. it right. Overcooked, you mean divorce simulator? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, but- my God. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we will come back with our stories about how we have 100% absolutely played Fallout Guys together because we will make yes, this happen. Yes, this will happen. <laughs> and I want to wish everyone a wonderful, happy 2023 and all of the good things to come to you. And we have a lot of fun things that we have planned, things that we are planning to potentially do this year, hopefully going to events, hopefully having some interviews, hopefully absolutely capitalizing on all of your connections trinity to be able to <laughs> chat with more people i can't wait to annoy all my friends it'll be excellent <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to thank you for jumping on with me it's been a, a heck of a week to try to schedule and thank everyone for listening and Thanks if you like to me. absolutely i mean always literally like you're probably one of the best things about the show currently ah! it's just like having you on being able to have these like really nice fun discussions i know everyone enjoys listening to you um if you want to reach out to either of us or the show all of the contact information is in the show notes and yeah we'll be sure to come up with another interesting topic by next week i promise um, <laughs> thank you again for joining thank you everyone for listening and we love you all so much have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time bye y'all